Welcome to A Sex Worker's Guide to the Galaxy, where the answer to life, the universe, and everything is sex workers. I'm your host, Parker Westwood, and today I am joined later on, (laughs) not at this present moment, uh, by Makeda Joy for a fantastic interview. Um, They're a provider based out in Atlanta, Georgia. They were connected to me via Tank from Full Service Podcast, which we give a shout out to, but I'll shout out again because you should check it out if you haven't. Um, Again, that's Full Service Podcast. Um, This interview does have some voice distortion, so if Makeda sounds a snidge like a squirrel, that is why um, they they requested for their privacy a little voice distortion, and I learned how to do it so that security could be had by all. and it was a fun learning process. I've, I've told you before many, many a time that I like to learn things. And I do. And it was fun. Um, and now I know how to do it for future interviews. Okay, so in this interview, we discuss some Twitter drama. We, we set a timer, so we only talk about it a little bit. But it is important to go into because we talk about the importance of understanding nuance and having compassion and we talk about privilege, um, and we kind of break down some Twitter drama that happened and try to pick apart some meaningful pieces in it. Um, we talk about joy um, as a a way to cultivate resilience, and then we talk about ways to cultivate joy, both in client appointments and on our own. Uh, we talk about privilege yet again, not just in, in regards to this Twitter drama, but we talk about the variety of privilege that there that exists, that we all have it, um, some form of it anyway, and the shame around um, admitting privilege and confronting privilege and accepting that we have it. Um, and we get to talk about whiteness and um, some other things. We also get to talk about toxic maxi- masculinity, uh, toxic masculinity, which is a lot in one interview. And we have fun while we're doing it. There's a lot of laughter. Um, I found out Makeda has a great taste in music. So stick around, give her a listen, and let me know what you think. Before we get into everything, I just want to remind everyone that we do have a podcast. <laughs> Of course we have a podcast. Um, I just want to remind everyone that we have a Patreon. um, And 50% of the Patreon proceeds go directly to Answer Detroit, a network of sex workers to excite revolution, a sex worker justice collective based out of Detroit. And we recently voted that the podcast money is going to go directly to sex worker exclusive art events. Um, which we we had one already. It was a blast. Um, it was a live nude drawing event. We're hoping to do other things with like clay and all sorts of other stuff. And this is something that I'm personally very passionate about and it relates to this podcast in that I believe telling our own story in whatever way we choose to express our story and ourselves is truly revolutionary and so important Um, so that is a thing. So if you want to support that work and this podcast, um, which does help me to be able to do this more often, because we in a recession, y'all, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, go to the Patreon, support the podcast. If you can't do that right now, that's totally okay. Leave a review. That's super helpful. If you leave a review, say some kind words, suggest it to a friend, um, just spread the love, y'all, and keep listening. I'm really glad you're here. You're really great. With all of that, I think that's all the things. Oh, it's been some months, I suppose I should say something about that. Um, it's been some months. I have taken the time I need to move at the speed of creativity to move at the speed of 
um, life. And it seems like there was, I did try at times to reach out to people for interviews and it seemed like every, everyone was kind of on the same page. Um, there was a lull. I, I like to think about it in a creative sense where it's like there's creation, destruction, recreation, right? And it's this cycle and recreation being like recreation. Um, and that can also include rest. Um, but it's this cycle, right? And so we go through this creative streak and then there's this destructive period. And in the creative process, there's this point of recreation or rest or play um, where a lot of great ideas are born. Um, okay, I will get off my little soapbox about creation and stuff. I'm about to walk into a very deep period of creativity. So I've been thinking about this a lot, but I just wanted to say thank you. You all have been so patient and kind and still hyping me up even when I haven't been putting out episodes. And I'm excited to be putting out episodes more regularly again. So thanks for giving me the space and uh, let's get back into it. Okay, now that I've covered all of those things, I'll actually get off of my creativity soapbox for the moment. Let's get into this juicy interview with Makeda Joy. Cue music. Listeners, I am here with Makeda Joy, who is a joy, um, and you're going to find that out shortly. So welcome, Makeda. Hey, girl. Hey. Thank you. Do you, will you take a minute to uh, tell us your name, your pronouns, where you're located, and what kind of sex work you do or have done? Sure, sure. So uh, name is Makeda Joy. Pronouns she, her, based in Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's busiest airport. (laughs) And uh, I am an escort. I am a companion. Fantastic. Um, Cool. And I want to take a second to do a little tank shout out. Um, Please shout out the homie. Yes. Please. (laughs) Do you want to do you want to say how how we got connected? I will. I will. I will tell the tale of love. So, (laughs) so, uh, once upon a time in a land far, far away, I was on Spotify trying to desperately find new um, podcasts on the industry and found full service and just fell in love. Then saw that tank was in Atlanta, promptly lost my shit and, (laughs) (laughs) and like consumed all these episodes. And then found out that, like, he had just ended the show. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I just I just got to the party and, like, there's no food left. Um, <laughs> so I reached out to him on, on, on Twitter and just sent him a DM. And I was just like, hey, I just found out about the show. I know you just ended, but, like, it's been really meaningful to me. I love what you're doing, yada, yada, yada. Since you're not doing the show anymore, who, what podcast in the industry do you love and do you respect? And, you know, Second Work of the Galaxy was absolutely on that list. And he just was talking about how he loved you, et cetera, et cetera, on and on, parts of the shit. And so I messaged him, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks later. And I was like, okay, so for real, like, what would it take for you to come back? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what bribe do you need? And I just, I really told him I appreciated him because in the industry, one, you don't really get to hear something from the perspective of a client, True. like that really honors and respects the industry and the workers. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated that, that. And then two, like the voice of like a person of color of, of, you know, a black person and in Atlanta, like this triple threat. And I was like, yo, I don't, I don't want to take no for an answer. So anyway, we ended up just like meeting up just like as friends, like for drinks and had a really great time. And, um, you know, he was just like, why don't you just like, are you going to reach out to Parker? Or, like, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. I'm not ready. He was like, bullshit. You need to. <laughs> it not happening. I don't know if he had like too much mezcal at that point. But anyway, so. I like left there and then that's when I messaged you and I was just like, yeah, Tank told me to like, 
stop messing around. And so anyway, that is how love for Tank turned into new love for Parker. And so shout out to Tank. Yeah. And how the full service podcast, like still like people still downloaded and listening to it. Like he's off doing another thing and like it still is serving people. So absolutely. Yes. Shout major shout out to Tank. Um I did an interview with Tank on Full Service Podcast a mm-hmm. while ago, and everyone should go check out that podcast, even though he's not making it anymore. It's uh, there's plenty of episodes to binge. Go do it. Let's get let's get into the other stuff now that we've praised Tank a whole bunch. So Tank, I hope you're feeling. Okay. I hope your ears are burning or your nose is itching or whatever that <laughs> saying is. <laughs> right, the precursory like Tank praise. Yes, and then like he has to feel it somewhere in the ether. So. Thanks, <laughs> all right I'm all yours girl what we doing what are we talking about today yeah I was curious so you're you're newer to the industry correct I am you are how did you how did you get started what's the origin story so I have long been fascinated by sex work um I don't know I think you hear that a lot about people in this industry that there's been some like originating childhood fascination um shout out to hbo like real sex Mm. from like the 90s um that made like sex and like the appearance of it palatable and accessible if you wanted to turn the volume down to one or two um (laughs) (laughs) while your parents are in the other room um so yeah i really appreciate like I was always fascinated by dancers. I think part of that is also growing up in in Georgia and, you know, Magic City here in Atlanta has been dubbed like the like best, uh, most influential strip club in the world at a point and like where hip hop legends are born. Actually, there was a really good article about it in GQ several years ago about how like Magic City impacts the ecosystem of hip hop. Wow outstanding um so like yeah like dancing was always something that I admired um and I was like I couldn't quite get that I was too much of a southern Christian good girl at the time (laughs) (laughs) damn it Jesus um oh my god oh my god I was in like a chokehold I just wanted to be a hoe so bad but I was (laughs) I was trying to wear petticoats, girl, and get shows. It was the worst. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, where, oh, yeah. So, I was able to, like, experience um, sex work through, like, movies and media. So, like, um, I learned about geisha and memoirs of a geisha. Mm-hmm. Obsessed can, like, like, do the whole script. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever heard of Harlots on Hulu? Yes, I have. Ooh, I love, love, love that show. That one's um, I really enjoy that one. It's so good. And I will not give any spoilers, but when old girl died, I was like, no, like you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one is so good. Um, what's another? Oh, there's a documentary I saw years ago called Horror's Glory. Mm-hmm. And have you seen this one? I have not seen that one. Okay, so it was on Netflix, and it um, followed sex workers um, in is either India or Bangladesh, Mexico, and Thailand, and it also showed like not only how they you know saw clients and how they worked, but also like the spiritual lives that they had and how there was this balance in these worlds that are seemingly in so many cultures like completely juxtaposed. Like in Thailand, they would just, you know, go to the temple before they went to work and or even like the the sex workers in India, like after they saw a client, they would like um, cleanse off the bed with like, like fire and herbs and like dump water, like it was these whole rituals that they all had. I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is so fascinating. So every time I just would be able to come in contact with the industry in some way however it was tied to culture mm-hmm. I was just always fascinated by um and then I guess in this chapter it became like presented to me um I learned about um Fendom mm-hmm. and the BDSM community in Fendom and I was 
fascinated by fandom. I was like, a pay pig? What? I was right? so, <laughs> oh my God. And, you know, shout out to Euphoria is like how I started like, oh my God, I just found like so many different facts. So I was like, you know, is this my thing? And like, you know, fandom and, and then learning, you know, Twitter and like sex work Twitter. And then somebody ended up on a feed of Doms who was an escort. And I was like, it's my people. Yes. That's, yes. Oh my God. Oh, it was like, I don't know. It was like finding like the best digital summer camp in the world. <laughs> and so all of that to say, like, that's my long journey. It really has been like a long tale of like appreciation and observation of sex work throughout like history, like human history. I've read the Kama Sutra, like the original translated text. Um, so like sex work is just something that I hold in high reverence, but I didn't ever know what my place was or a possibility was for me. And so when I saw like companionship, I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's it. So here I am. I am fairly new to this extent of the industry, but uh, yeah, I come in with like a lot of appreciation and I guess a lot of other facets in my life that make this very easy, I think, for me to swallow and participate in and really respect. Excellent. I love that. And how long answer. I know that's a great, I love, I love long answers. I love them. Um, what, when about, about when did you become Makeda Joy? Like it was actually in November. So it happened to be not long before, it was a few weeks before my birthday. And that's when I, I <laughs> was in November. I I oh, not this I had November, my first but... client on my thirtieth birthday. Really? Mm-hmm. You better celebrate. Oh yeah, it was great. It was so fun. <laughs> wow, wow, that is really like pivotal. That's like walking through like a arc of your life. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel Arthur. like there's something about the birthdays thing because I've heard that from a few people. Like it's close to a birthday. Interesting. Um, I guess, I mean, I didn't know. Of course, I didn't plan it around my birthday. And I know you didn't plan, like, I'm going to do this on my, on my birthday. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so that's how I'm, give, don't give me a present, goddamn. Give me that deposit. <laughs> um, no, I think like when I, found that this was available and possible for me and like it jived with who I am yeah I was so excited and like consuming and creating and like ready and like talking to people and reaching out for like mentorship and like where can I get information and before I even like launched my website I my Twitter I might have had seven tweets right. somebody found my emails like hey I see you and like immediately like booked and did a deposit and I was just like okay shoot I'm, something's happening in the ether um but yeah I think that at any other time in my life I would not have been ready so it just happened to line up with my birthday yeah. so something's happening in the stars if it's happening around people's like birthdays that's such a cool story I didn't know that about you or that that you've heard that like that's a theme yeah, it's interesting when you kind of can see some patterns, whether they're coincidental or not. You know, it's like, yeah, really interesting. Could you have done this like if your first client was on your 29th birthday? Or do you think there was something about where you were at 30? Oh, 100%. There was something about I would have any time before my 30th birthday, I would have been a hot mess. <laughs> um. <laughs> full disclosure everyone you're welcome that I waited till I was 30 um yeah it's I think I think there is a a thing about like you when you're ready you're ready and there's there's a Mm -hmm. there's a bit of we were talking about this in our um our first conversation before we we did the we're doing the interview but um there's some privilege to that where like Mm -hmm. you're in a privileged position to be able to um take the time to do whatever research and, and ground 100%. make ourselves feel comfortable entering in to this industry. 
Um, one, you, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off because you're preaching. No, go ahead, do go it. Ahead. No, no. <laughs> so like that word privilege, like it, it, I don't know, it feels like it thumps a nerve in me because I feel like privilege has become a bad word. Totally. And it's not. <laughs> and it's, it's not. I think it's like, what do you choose to do with your privilege? everybody has some level of privilege like I remember remember like on um YouTube a couple of years ago there were these videos going around about like pretty privilege yeah oh, like pretty privilege okay shit let's talk about it so all privilege isn't just like white male privilege although that is potent mm-hmm. and and old and strong Ooh, um, good word for that <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is a thick concentrate. throughout history so like there is like you're saying like the age by which you came into this industry I came in um and it's not the same because you know for everybody at that age but I think that the privilege of the age is the life experience Mm -hmm. it doesn't you know talk about what your financial situation may be or health or whatever brings you to this again because it's levels to the shit mm-hmm. but absolutely a privilege there's no way you know even before you know before I, my birthday that and I'm 35 now so I was 34 and some change when I started I could not have done this at 33 definitely could not, I could not have done this in my 20s mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with you know, other privileges, attraction or, or education or whatever. It was just like my pure like mindset. Yeah. My approach to business, my beliefs about my own body and myself or societal rules or, you know, all of these things that keep somebody locked inside or unavailable to whatever. Totally. So I never considered age as a privilege because I hear so much ageism, not just in culture, but in this industry. Mm-hmm. Do you see that or is that just on my feet? Oh, no, that's that is definitely there. There's I mean, there's ageism specifically around women in our culture, not even just in our industry, but it's very glaring in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I think the privilege doesn't necessarily come with age. I think the privilege that we're talking about here is like the privilege to have the space to do whatever healing work or maturing or Mm. or whatever it might be to Mm. get to the place where we can do this work without self-harming. Um, yeah, I think that that's a, that's Mm. a huge thing. Cause I think you can, I don't, I think there are some instances where it doesn't matter how old you are. You can, feel like you have to do this work in order and in order to survive right there's like sex work where you're just like absolutely I don't have the space to do the healing that I need to do to do this without like Mm -hmm. triggering myself in a certain way or like whatever I had money Um, yeah and so the privilege I see is not necessarily with age here it's more that like we've had the space um Mm -hmm. and the, the resources to be able to prepare Mm -hmm. and like be mentally grounded definitely space definitely resources to be able to do that work oftentimes time can allow those things not always but oftentimes those resources come with time so as you get older more access to these things just through exposure um and it's interesting um in the context of you know doing this work to survive we know the concept of like survival sex workers who do this work so that they can pay the bills so that they can eat. I was reading a thread yesterday by a woman. I can't remember her name, but she's been active lately talking about how she's been leaving the industry and she's been doing like a lot of polls and questions, you know, like what questions would you have for someone who is retired, you know, different things. So I've been seeing a lot of interaction. Um, and she was telling a story. She had a long thread about how she'd had, I think, 100K saved. And said she did not have enough to retire. And so that she was going to get to 500K so that she would have enough. And she just feel just like 
arbitrarily chose the number out of the sky. And then she got to 250. And like, it was just this long, this tale of like, um, you know, self-sabotage. And mm. but anyways, the privilege was that because of the time she'd been in it, because of how much money she saved, she was able to go to therapy mm-hmm. and realize like the origins of her fear response. So she was surviving, not just to not live, you know, client to client, but because she was running from some stuff in her past that she was trying to survive. hundred percent. And that still is a mentality of survival. Um, and she had to get through that so that so it, it was just interesting reading that because it kind of added to the definition of survival sex work Agreed. which means I think a lot more of you know providers a lot more providers can be in that category as well like it's not just you know people talk about something I want oh I gotta catch myself before I go down the rabbit hole people want to <laughs> talk about survival sex workers and they're like oh, you, it's okay, or, you know, oh, she's, you know, she or he or they got it bad because they are. Shouts out to all survivor sex workers. Yeah. Men respect because you just don't know what people are doing, their motivations. But survival sex work cannot just be blanket associated with with shame. Totally. Or impoverished or, like, pity. There's pity. Yeah, mm-hmm. not pity. Some survival sex workers, quote unquote, have been able to experience power in their lives, sometimes for the first time, because of sex work. So, yeah, I'm going to die look back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. A no, lot of it's, there's a lot of things, and we don't necessarily want to speak for uh, an experience that neither one of us have, have experienced. Correct. So it's like... Correct that may be true but also like we're not the people that can speak on it necessarily no and and I think that like when you talk about privilege and survival sex work and like they seem to be juxtaposed and like and they have like this ugly relationship with each other it gets really hairy and I feel like it steps out of this like human experience into just things that are that most of us have no business talking about totally but I do think that like the point you made earlier of privilege is something that all of us have is like an important thing that I want to come back to too, because it's privilege is not a dirty word and it's not something to be ashamed of. I think that that's a lot of specifically like white people's reaction to Mm. being accused of being privileged is to get defensive and be like, I've worked hard and Mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can have privilege and also have had a hard life. Like those things are exclusive. Right. Um, And just acknowledging that like you've had it a little bit easier than some people because of the amount of books in your home growing up, the Mm -hmm. kind of education you had, the color of your skin, like all of those Mm -hmm. things is a very uh, important thing to recognize that our world has these like systemic biases. All day. Yeah. All day. (laughs) All all day long. I am a dark skinned black woman born and raised in Georgia. Mm -hmm. You know. I know. (laughs) Girl, do I? (laughs) <laughs> Does a bitch want animation? Perhaps. <laughs> like, I don't want um, but also, like, I <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> I'm gonna just, just, just talk smack all day. Uh, and this is what's gonna happen. Um, oh. But, like, along with these things, I'm also like, have degrees and for whatever, like, they're worth, which we talked about. I've been to school, and I'm multilingual, and I've been out of the country, and I'm employed, and blah, 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 and those don't impact my business as a sex worker. Those don't get me a thousand clients off rip. So you can have pieces, but if they don't fit into this puzzle, they really don't matter. Mm-hmm. You can pull on them as tools at times, their strengths to pull on, but they do not. They're to, a privilege is not the solution. Always the solution to a problem. No, no. It just gives you some extra tools. Um, mm-hmm. There's a and yeah, it gives you some extra tools. Sometimes it gives you the knowledge of how to use the tools. Right. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. <sighs> yeah. I'm not going to turn this into the privilege show. I just know so tired I'm, about it. I'm glad. Well, you had said we wanted you wanted to talk about it, and I'm really glad you did because I think it's something that we hadn't we haven't really touched on in the show, and I do think it's, mm. it's an important thing not only for our industry because it comes up in our industry a lot sometimes just to be inflammatory on Twitter which yes we can get into Twitter here in a minute if you want to go there for a second if you're turning it if you're turning it in Twitter I will drink some more water I will stretch (laughs) yeah we can we can even do it we could do a time limit on Twitter we can have you can have five minutes. You can have five yes. minutes or ten minutes to just like rant about Twitter for a second, and then okay. then we'll talk about joy because I know you wanted to talk about. We joy. gotta talk about joy because <laughs> that's the point, man. Joy. I mean, the clouds are temporary, but the sun is gonna be there forever. We gotta talk about. Joy. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so are we setting the Twitter timer? Let's. Yeah. Lay, yeah. I will. Uh, I got I got a Twitter timer going. We got five minutes. Okay. Um, you can tell you've been to therapy because you know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many like I've had to like read somebody to write but set a timer so it would only be three minutes of going so off. It's so good. Oh, Shouts out to all the therapists out there. We love you. We, we especially <laughs> if you're sex work positive, man, you're the best. We love you. The world appreciates you. Okay, Twitter rant, and this is I'm going to keep it focused to current events. Did you see the email I sent you about the whole thing with the quote unquote the PhD girl? Yes, I. So I read the initial tweet and then went, mm-hmm. "Oh God!" and then like yes. walked away from it. <laughs> yes. So first things first, my heart goes out to her. Mm-hmm. And for everybody that was impacted by that conversation, mm-hmm. step one. Step two is, mm, I don't even know what step two you, is. Will you preface with like, what will you just give a little overview of the, so that sure. the listeners know what we're referring to? Sure, sure. So there is, um, there is a companion and I guess two weeks ago now, she posted a tweet about a terrible time she'd had with a client. You know, she bought a um, an expensive dress. She um, paid for a really nice hotel room. And she went beyond her boundaries sexually because she thought that by doing all of these things that she was creating an experience and was going to gain him as a long-term client. Now, I hope that I said that more eloquently than the tweet came across. Mm-hmm. Has she, right. Mm-hmm. But that is what she was saying. But, oh, and she also referenced her degree. She said, I paid this much for the dress, this much for the hotel room. I have a PhD and basically violated my own sexual boundary. I lost so much money. I will never do that again. And immediately people are like, well, if you, you know, if you've got a PhD, then go do that. Go make more money there. You're dumb. People started making memes about the girl. It blew up and it was tragic. Mm-hmm. It was so tragic. Um, she ended up writing some tweets saying like she needed to get off her, you know, Twitter for a while, her mental health, she's been triggered. Got it, some old stuff for her. Yeah. So then there were side conversations of other workers saying, like, you know, we hope she's okay. And then, I mean, it was it, it was just like this firestorm because everybody's like nerves got triggered about privilege and degrees and expectations and like luxury marketing, like all of these tropes that we talk about in the industry literally were in one tweet. In <laughs> one tweet. And like it, it just like everybody went crazy. And then so I think maybe a week later, like she was just trying to, you know, continue her marketing and you know, her scheduled tweets, you know, shout out the buffer. 
whatever. Um, and she made mention of like, I'm not a quote unquote survival sex worker and you're not a quote unquote client. Like we chose each other. What I think she was trying to say was, we're, don't look at me like a stereotype. Like just right. look at me like this woman, you're you, we're choosing each other. We really want to be here. Which again came across as, so now you first you're talking about you got a PhD and next you're talking about you're not a survival. Again, it just sounds like mm. God has blessed this woman and everybody because again, you can have a degree, you can have several. Plenty of workers in this industry do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't get you. It doesn't matter. Like, it's a, it can be a part of your marketing, but it's not. I remember when I was starting grad school and getting my MBA. Mm-hmm. First month or two, I remember going to um, career services and saying, okay, realistically, how much can I make? expect to make out of school i'm getting this mba my university is prestigious like what can i expect so throughout this number like very smug like oh of course you're like girl i think like two or three months later the economy crashed uh-huh mm-hmm. <laughs> like what what do you mean this was so this is 2008 and so like me getting this advanced degree, literally the promise, the smug promise of it was gone in a matter of months. Yep. That didn't mean shit. So I I feel I feel mostly I feel sorry mm-hmm. for the experience around her with this tweet one. And then two, anybody, sex worker or not who is struggling with what they expected from what people told them their privileges to get them. Yep. You were told that, you know, she's also like, I think of like Creole heritage, which is like for whoever's listening, it's like Beyonce. Yeah. Her mama, my, she says, my daddy, Alabama, mama, Louisiana, you mix that Negro with that Creole, get a Texas Bama. That's what she said. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to quote Beyonce because Beyonce is God. Yes, always. <laughs> oh my god, that could be no. Really, like when we talk about joy, like you can just like I'll just say Beyonce, and we can get off the energy yeah, like we that. Can just... Oh dear God! Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this woman is um, she is of Creole heritage, so I've seen people on Twitter like she's saying she's a black woman, and she is not. She is white with complex. No, people of African descent. Mm-hmm. At a time in American history, could also pass as white. They would call it passing, quote unquote. Yeah, and live as white people so they can attain this privilege and not be discriminated against. And that, so this woman is got the term uh, passing that like trans yes. today. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So for anybody who's listening and thought that this woman was like white, trying to say she's black, no, she is a woman of African descent. So there is a privilege that's supposed to come with fair skin there's a privilege that's supposed to come with a degree when you're white a degree yeah so when you have these the total privileges we have 60 seconds by the way on our twitter oh this is good okay no (laughs) you can you can do your three minutes about twitter because i've been running like yes this is good this is juicy i'm here for it oh juicy as fuck juicy as fuck the whole point is God bless her and everybody like her mm. who was told that their privilege was going to make the world easy for them. Mm-hmm. And God bless everyone who was told if they acquired those privileges that it would make life, even though they didn't have them. If only I was lighter. If only I went to school. If only now I can post pictures of a Chanel bag on Twitter because uh-huh. then they'll buy me a Chanel bag and now I'll be a fancy lady. To have those things does not give you a promise. And yeah. I think that is what broke Twitter. Pain. Pain. Okay. <laughs> so many things. Um, the things. Who, the things. Breathe, girl. I know. I'm like, where do I want to, where do I want to begin? Because yes, like the promise, the promise of like what our privilege is or like achievements or whatever 
can give us and then that not that not happening that's what like that's the whole Mm -hmm. that's why incels incel guys minds are broken like Uh, why they just like cannot connect the fact that like that we were we don't even have to go into incels but like that that was the first thing I thought of where I was just like oh you have these expectations and these promises were given to you about your Mm. maleness and your whiteness Uh, uh, not seeing the fruits of that and mm -hmm. so you're taking it out on women. Um, Mm -hmm. but as far as a degree goes, um, okay. So the first thing I thought of when I was hearing you talk about the tweet and like the backlash is that like sex workers cannot win, um, Mm. in general. So like this, this, this poor companion, um, bless, bless her. She's so, I'm just like, my heart goes out to her because being bullied online is no fucking joke. Um, So mm-hmm. she has, she said she has a degree and she gets like backlash. She's there. People are like, well, why don't you go fucking use your degree, get a job, mm-hmm. whatever. But if she didn't, people would be like, go get a degree, go get a, mm-hmm. yeah. get a real job. So like, oh, you're right. no matter what sex workers cannot win mm-hmm. in that department. Cause people always got shit to say. Um, oh. And then second of all, I really love that this goes to prove like basically that initial tweet was her saying like, I have a degree and yet I still mm-hmm. bent my boundaries too far. Yeah. Like we, yeah. as women, as queer folks, as people of color, people who are of marginalized communities, mm-hmm. we have learned to bend our boundaries in order to stay safe. <clears throat> Uh, it's like the fawning trauma response. Right. And so I think that like the saying, like, I have a PhD, like I am a smart cookie and Mm -hmm. yet I still struggle with these things. Mm. Like that's powerful and heartbreaking. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was a very vulnerable moment. Like you don't get on, I don't see how you can get on a public forum and say, like, with, I don't know. I mean, of course, you don't know. I mean, you don't, you wouldn't say that to cause harm. You're not, that right. you're, you're being vulnerable and you think in a community of people where that will understand. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it was, I think it was a very vulnerable moment of look at all the privileges I tried to assume in this place and I was still harmed. Yeah. And also when you're, I don't know about you, but for me, for sure, when I am in a like heightened state of arousal, like my, mm. I'm, I'm triggered. I'm like not feeling safe, um, mm. which can last for like after, after an incident for a while, yeah. I'm not choosing my words wisely. Like, no, no. Uh-uh. which is uh-uh. like, probably don't go on Twitter, but like, that's what she chose to do. And that's okay. But right, right. yeah, like, I just feel, I feel for her in a big way. Um, I just, if, if you're listening to this, I also don't want her to be called quote unquote PhD girl for the rest of her career. Yeah. Like, I don't want that to be minimalized to that moment. So fellow sex worker, if you're listening to this, sending compassion and kindness and grace and healing from me, Makeda, to you. Yeah. (sighs) Also, you could own it. Make t-shirts. People will buy that shit. PhD girl. I'd wear that. I don't have a PhD, but I want an honorary one one day. That's my goal. Okay. I do want an honorary PhD. (laughs) We might be the same person. And have you ever heard of somebody called Kevin Samuels? No. Girl, Kevin Samuels is a goddamn mess. Or might I say was because he lives or did live in Atlanta. He unfortunately was found dead this week in Atlanta. But Kevin Samuels was a YouTube personality. He had like seven several million subscribers. Look at me pubbing him and like everybody's gonna listen to this and go around with him. But anyways, he was very problematic in the Africa or very um divisive in the african-american community because he talked about relationships between black men and women and women need to lower their standards men need to make women stay um, step to the plate and earn them 
it was like the fuck is this misogyny fest with the with the pocket square? Like, what yeah. is this? So, um, he had a guest on at one point, and he would ask like women sometimes, you know, well, what do you bring to the table or something? And, and you know, this woman was listing off the traits. She was like, and I also have a PhD. And he turned that into like a running joke for the rest of the his show, like the episodes where he would just like press a button sometimes of her voice. I have a PhD. I have a PhD. Like to run this joke of like you have an accomplishment and men don't care. Like it was a, a trope and a, a bit of minimalization. Ugh. And like the last video he did apparently was a few weeks ago and he said that black women over 35 and unmarried are leftovers oh fuck off oh yeah he's that kind of guy and then so apparently like they found him dead this week in his apartment their word on the street is that he was found with a companion which would be a very juicy turn of it it would be juicy so we're waiting for that to be out but like just to talk about how you said like women can't win sex workers can't win like it is an accomplishment and in our world in the vanilla world like it's it's made like a joke yeah it's like it's so hard to attain and then like it is easy to i don't know it's making my head hurt i just I know it's a hug I, yeah, I feel you. And it is, it's frustrating because like men, men specifically trying to minimize women's accomplishments is like, is, I mean, it's misogynistic and it's everywhere and it's Mm -hmm. infuriating, especially for sex workers, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All Um, right. I won't talk about it anymore. Yeah. On this, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be angry. We can get angry about other things, but let's talk about joy. Okay. Yeah, we're just gonna shift. We're gonna take a complete one eighty. Yeah. Hello, listener. So it turns out that Makeda Joy and I spoke for a very long time, and uh, you're not gonna get the whole interview today. I will be posting part two of the Makeda Joy interview in two weeks' time. And in the meantime, you just get to marinate in all the thoughts that we just laid out in the last 45 minutes. Uh, yep. I was going to post just an extremely long interview, but I decided against it, and I'm going to make part one and part two. Um, Because why not? It's my podcast. I'll do what I want. So check back in two weeks to hear Makeda Joy speak on joy. You won't want to miss it. You can hear at the end of that part of the interview how excited she is to talk about joy. And that excitement just grows and is contagious throughout this next half of the interview. Um, I just want to say thank you for being here. Um, This podcast is a joy to create. Yeah, so I guess I'll see y'all in two weeks. Um, Thank you all for being here. Don't forget to leave a review or send out some good energy or subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah, so I'll... So we'll see y'all again in two weeks for the other half, the joyful half the even more joyful half of the Makeda Joy interview. And in the meantime, I hope you all find some joy in the next couple of weeks um, to revel in, and I hope that your self-talk is full of compassion. Ooh, and now we got to do a space fact. Hold on, hold on. I've, I've started to go with actual space facts, like real ones, not ones that I just make up. Um, because I just like learning about this stuff. Okay, so this space fact has to do with the spatial phenomenon of, uh, of the nebula, or nebulae in the plural. And nebulae are clouds of gas and dust and fragments, um, sometimes from, sometimes left over from an exploding 
supernova of like a white dwarf or a giant star. Um, so that's pretty cool. It's just this like shrapnel cloud of, of leftover stuff in space. And um, they're known as star nurseries, like quote-unquote star nurseries, um, because stars are born there. And the way stars are born there is that some of the space dust and gas and chunks and things begin to collect, like gather together. And as they bump into each other and kind of stay close and gather together, um, they're gravitational pull increases and so they start to pull in more gas and dust and things more matter and they grow and um so that something acts as a nucleus um the initial gathering together and i'm using this phrase on purpose and you'll see why in a second um and then it starts to create a small mass that grows larger and larger, and once enough stuff is gathered, um, usually I'm imagining that the gas is, like, flammable or, like, it exists in a state of emitting light, and then we have a star. Um, I'm not a scientist, obviously. I would be explaining this much better. Um, But there's that. And I really think that's so cool. Uh, (laughs) God, I sound so... Um, I think... It's so interesting because that's how the way the matter works in the star is how people work. Hear me out on this. I'll use answer as an example. We were all just out there, each of us, individual sex workers, floating around. And some of us bumped into each other and were like, hey, I vibe with you. And I've got, we have a similar idea of like, a world where sex workers' rights are are validated and exist. And we gathered together and um, we had a gravitational pull and we ended up gathering together more people, uh, more like-minded folks. And um, as we gathered together, our light shone brighter and our attraction our gravitational attraction grew stronger and um and answer continues to grow and so i it's interesting to me that people act like matter uh in that way and we gravitate towards each other i just think that's beautiful um i also really love the idea of just like we are all floating around in a nebula just looking for each other um We really just want intimacy and to feel seen and heard, and that is a beautiful thing. So keep shining bright, and you'll find others to shine with you. Community is a bright, shining star. (laughs) Sometimes I hate me. (laughs) Nanu nanu, motherfuckers. Yeah, I'm